0: One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 144 four of the dynasty debates, the best kept secret in all of dynasty fantasy football. I am your humble host as always Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. You can catch me over on Twitter at FF Evan Lucian. like revolution, but with Evan at the start, the Evan Lucian come aboard. You are more than welcome. You can follow the show at dynasty debates, or you can drop me an email dynasty debates at gmail.com. If you do not go on ye old Twitter, totally get it. I understand. I respect that, but let me know what you love, what you hate, what you want to hear more of on the show guys. It is going to be the 1st of December by the time this drops. I am excited. I love Christmas. Hopefully you love Christmas as well. Hopefully my guest loves Christmas because I certainly love my guest. My guest is none other than Rich Cooling at Dynasty Island. He has been on the show before. If you know him, you probably love him. He is a DLF contributor. He is a dynasty savant as i called him on twitter yesterday and he is a good guy so uh he is english will not hold that against him but rich how the heck are you buddy and uh thanks very much for taking time to hop back on the pod hey
1: thank you thank you very much for having me on uh is is always on an on honor and uh yeah with an introduction like that how can uh how can i do anything but disappoint people and uh, fail to live up to that so yeah thanks for, thanks for sending the bar so high
0: What is new with you my friend you haven't been on the show in a few months so if people didn't catch you in the off season um rich you do a lot of content what are you up to at the minute what's going on with you where can people find you you know have i so undersold the awesomeness that is rich and if so let me let the people know where they can find your stuff
1: uh, no yeah i mean you, you you covered most of it i'm i'm at dynasty island on twitter um yeah just just the podcast got a weekly article over at dlf talking about trades um got some Pretty exciting projects coming up in the off season, which um, yeah, gonna gonna keep under my vest for now. So uh, so yeah, tune tune in. Hopefully, in a couple of months, got a, a couple of really exciting things dropping. Which, uh, been working hard on over the last couple of months so yeah very very exciting times but uh but nothing i can kind of reveal at the moment
0: yeah you see how it is he is loading you up with suspense giving you a cliffhanger that is why they pay him the big bucks folks but yes we are we're already i mean we are so close like not only to christmas but christmas time the end of the fantasy season i can't believe it it feels like an absolute just barrage of fantasy uh and nfl for the last you know multiple months now at this stage where it's like it's just such it's crazy you forget in the off season because you're like scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to find content to talk about that's interesting whereas in the season you're like i don't have time to talk about all this so it's 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 been a crazy run man like how have you found the season like we're coming up on the fantasy playoffs things are starting to really get hot and heavy here what what what's your overall take and vibe of the 2022 fantasy season
1: it's been wild isn't it i feel like uh so this is my third third season producing content now um and i feel like i've kind of been in the rhythm of of got the flow of it and and kind of got my head around it but yeah this this year it feels like every week is its own beast and and every week there's overreactions to be had and player values are all over the place and players are blown up out of nowhere and yeah i i've i've i felt like this season has been the craziest from a fantasy perspective that yeah i i can certainly remember in the 15 years that I've been playing fantasy it's um yeah it's it's been pretty crazy
0: yeah no I'm glad I'm glad that you know it's not just me because I was sort of like am I crazy because it feels like every week it's like man that guy's injured man that guy's injured or man why is this guy not performing or man like who is this guy why is he playing so good you know and it's just been It has, it's been wild. And I, I tend to be like, if, if at all possible, I tend to be a fairly aggressive fantasy player with trades and with pushing my chips in. But like, Especially in Dynasty, man, you can only push your chips in so far. And eventually you're like, dang, dude, like it just doesn't work to continue to mortgage my future on a season that is like going down the drains here. You know, if so many injuries or so many things are going against you. But speaking of things going against you, I am going to jump into one of my favorite segments of the week. I'm excited to hear what you have for us with the Hatchet Man of the Week. An honorable Hatchet Man does not lie. A Hatchet Man right up behind him with a hatchet smash 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 anyone can carry a hatchet even a liar so i am gonna go guess first here rich who was your hatchet man of the week who just absolutely had you pulling your hair out in week 12
1: so uh, this is perhaps not so much just a hatchet man of this week as much as he was terrible this week but it's been a hatchet man over the past probably three or four and it's it's alvin Kamara. um you know, raw numbers are there in terms of twenty-three percent target share. You know, he's he's seeing close to twenty opportunities a game, like seventy percent opportunity share. Like the, the the underlying numbers are there. And yet he's putting up what, you know, pedestrian numbers, seven fantasy points. It, it's just not getting it done. And this is a guy that, you know, isn't isn't getting any younger or has been a fancy stud for for several years. And he's he's currently the the running back fifteen on the season. You know, he put up almost a third of his fantasy points this year in one game. He's he's broken 20 points twice this season. Um, and he hasn't broken 13 points in the last four games. And it just feels really painful that, you know, there's there's a lot potentially that's going to change this offseason. There's a potential looming suspension. We could see who knows what the quarterback situation is going to be in uh, in New Orleans next year? And I think they are going to be some some moving pieces in that offense. And yeah, you know, you you hoped Alvin Kamara was going to be a reliable plug and play. You know, hopefully I'll be two, if not I'll be one for your roster that was going to lead you to a title. And he's he's just disappointing week after week after week at the moment.
0: Yeah, I I I feel your pain. I mean, I agree. It's it's so frustrating for somebody that it's like there's disappointing players like Pitts who is now injured there's disappointing players who have maybe some more excuses with change of quarterback play and things like that but when a player that you're like okay they've not they're not injured they are playing they're they're getting the snaps they're just not getting it done and that is exactly who i'm going to be talking about is my boy my man my i think joint most highest rostered player in dynasty deontay johnson what are you doing sir you are killing me you deontay johnson not just this week this week was gross wide receiver 47 not helpful but i mean it it boggles my mind like he has 94 targets on the year that is 10th most in the entire nfl First of all, he has zero touchdowns, so that's that sucks. But it's like he's wide receiver 40 on the year. He went from being a wide receiver one to like pretty much getting the same amount of targets, more or less. I mean, by the end of the season, it could easily he could easily have 130 targets again, you know? 130 targets. And he's not even a wide receiver three. I looked it up just out of curiosity because I was like, I didn't think he was, but he hasn't had one wide receiver one you know, top 12 wide receiver finish on a week this season, even in PPR leagues, which normally he would be great at. Um, It sucks, man. It is is painful. Like, it's – honestly, it's like I genuinely have just benched him in multiple leagues now where I'm like, I don't even see him as like an option a lot of times, depending on how desperate you are and what your other options are. But that sucks. That is really painful. It's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Um, But yeah, I feel I feel like both of them are pretty similar. Like obviously, um, Deontay's a little bit younger, and he is a wide receiver, so that's helpful for his value and dynasty and everything. But man, it is not good. I am not feeling it. I'm not loving it, especially like you said with the Kamara thing. It sucks because now you're sort of like you know, what do you do with them in dynasty? You can't really just sell for, well, I mean, you can sell for pennies on the dollar, but that's usually a bad strategy move. So I think you just have to hold and and hope for like one of those six touchdown games to make everybody go crazy. Because one thing I have noticed this year, I don't know if you feel the same, man, I have noticed like even in the dynasty community, the overreactions are insane this year. Like people freaking out over one game sample of either really good way or in a really bad way. And like going from like this guy's a boom, get him away to like, i want three firsts you know like literally the other way around as well people just like you know absolutely people were writing justin fields off for dead at the start of the season you know you couldn't get a bag of crisps for him and now it's like he's a top three dynasty quarterback you know people are just like it's crazy dude we need to calm down we need to pump the brakes um i think we need to hit some news and notes spilling the tea So just to help move us along because me and Rich could talk about overreactions all day, all night. uh, We're going to talk on news and notes here. So quite a lot to get through as usual. Don't forget last week was nice because we had no bye weeks. It was fantastic, but we're back to some bye weeks. Of course we are. Arizona Cardinals and Carolina Panthers are on bye this week. So thankfully you do not have to stare down DJ Moore and decide whether you're throwing him in your lineup or not because that has been a poison chalice this year. Sad news on the injury front, Elijah Mitchell, it looks to be another knee injury looks to miss six to eight weeks. So that sucks. And to kind of double down on that CMC apparently has quote unquote knee irritation, whatever that means. I don't like it. I'm not excited about it. Um, Rich's absolute man crush and idol Aaron Rodgers injured his ribs on Sunday, but apparently the tests have come back negative. He does expect to play or at least try to play on Sunday. suppose that's good news which way you look at it. Jamar Chase is back, which is very good news for those rosters where you have him. Some strange sort of news. So Melvin Gordon apparently signs with the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a bit of a twist. Certainly an upgrade of positions for him. <laughs> the Denver Broncos were looking absolutely awful. Jameson Williams is closing in on a return. I'm very excited to see what he has for us. Very sad news. Another guy I really love in Dynasty and I have a lot of shares of Darnell Mooney out for the season with an ankle injury. Alan Robinson, who has pretty much been useless for a fantasy purposes he now needs foot surgery will miss the rest of the season I'm pretty sure the Rams are just packing it in at this stage looking forward to next year Travis Etienne says he will play this week against the Lions had a weird sort of foot injury it wasn't the foot that he had injured so that's positive we'll see how that goes and then lastly Najee Harris I haven't seen any updates today I have been really busy but what I had heard is that it was an abdomen injury feared potential hernia so he could maybe miss a week or two or it could be longer depending on what the severity of the issue is a lot of news a lot of notes to get there, Rich. I'm going to throw it to you, buddy. What is what is anything there that you want to sort of pick out or talk about quickly from just like a dynasty perspective? Anything that impacts any values majorly for you?
1: I think the Jameson Williams note is exciting, fascinating. I'm so excited to see him in the same offense with Amoroso and Brown. How that's going to work? How how they're going to split up the targets? Mm-hmm. um I think that you know that 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 kind of one-two punch is super exciting and, and one that I'm keen to see play out hopefully over the next few years because I think that it could have huge implications for Dynasty Valley for both of them heading into the off season. because if if we do see, you know, Amoros and Brown start to lose some of that target share, he could quite quickly plummet down kind of wide receiver value and, and ranks and, you know, if Jameson Williams is what
0: we hope Jameson Williams is going
1: to be, he could, uh, you know, find himself creeping up into that sort of top 24
0: yeah i mean i i'll be honest like i've been pretty bullish on jameson williams i think he was my wide receiver three in this class um and i've always just kind of maintained that because i haven't seen him yet so he hasn't done anything to make me downgrade him majorly so i've already got him at my wide receiver 20 in dynasty um because i do believe in him quite a lot like i'm pretty convinced you know of what he is and what he can be and just seeing how much the lions wanted him and how desperate they were to trade up for him like just I'm I'm pretty confident, apart from injury, he'll be pretty amazing in in the league. So I think, yeah, I've been saying it for the last couple of weeks, especially on the recap episodes. If you can get in and get any sort of a deal by low on him for now, you know, that's certainly the time to do it because we've seen it with Burks, we've seen it with Watson. As soon as these rookies do anything on the field, everyone just gets over excited and freaks out and like their value just absolutely skyrockets. So absolutely agree with you on that. I'm excited to see what Jameson Williams can do, and I'm excited to talk about week thirteen, lucky week thirteen match. Matchups with my man rich cooling who reminds me of cool runnings i must say (laughs) he always reminds me the name rich cooling just reminds me of cool runnings which is a great film and i feel like it's a christmas film even though it's not really a christmas film because there's like snow in it and tobogganing and i just love the film so that was a long rant but we're gonna go on talk about some week 13 (laughs) matchups now (laughs) employee of the week employee of the week if you are new in town let me enlighten you we have a couple little segments within employees of the week so we talk about busmart so busmart is a player you are excited you are hyped to throw in the lineup and we think hold on this could be a disappointment we're actually talking last week my busmart was alvin kamara who Actually turned into Rich's catch man of the week, so I feel like that was a good call. He was RB forty two on the week with seven PPR points. No bueno, but yeah, we're gonna talk bus smart here. I'm gonna to throw to my man Rich Cooling, uh, cool runnings here. Who's your bus smart candidate for week thirteen? So my bus smart
1: is he's uh, gonna be Saquon Barkley. Um, the, the the guys had a fantastic bounce back year. He's he's been really impressive, um, but I think that this matchup against Washington is is scary. Um, so Washington a second in adjusted fantasy points allowed at the running back position. The Giants are potentially missing four of their five offensive line starters, which, you know, Saquon's had a, a bad couple of weeks. He's not producing the volume that he was early in the season from a fantasy perspective. And a lot of that has coincided with the offensive line injuries and, and the decline there. And, you know, I, th- I think that that says a lot about the offense. I think that we're potentially going to get Chase Young back. So this Washington front four could get even better. Um, And I just think that this is going to be somewhat of a a challenging game where, you know, Washington are are not great in the secondary. But I think that Washington are going to be able to put resources in the secondary to, to basically what, stop what what Giants receiver there's, there's nobody so I think they're gonna be able to load the box and I think Saquon's gonna have a tough one rude <laughs>
0: um so um how dare you disrespect Darius Slayton well, like that he's
1: he's 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 a nothing he's a nothing um so yeah so I think
0: whoa
1: whoa whoa Bro, I don't appreciate your tone either you can pump that back a little bit
0: whoa I had to drop that on you that was such disrespect from my man Darius Slayton <laughs> that was absolutely uncalled for sir how dare you but that's a good yeah, call for Saquon. I appreciate that. the call on Saquon. That was not about your Saquon call. That was about the Darius disrespect.
1: I, look, I, I, had, to, I had to get the shade in. I had to get the shaded. But yeah, I've, I've got Saquon outside my top 12 running backs this week, which I feel for a guy like Saquon that's produced the way he has this year. That's that's a, a big drop. He's my, my running back 13 currently.
0: I like it. Go big or go home with your calls. I like it. I'm actually going pretty big here myself. I'm going for Christian McCaffrey. I feel like, you know again guys if this is the first time you've ever listened welcome in but also smart does not mean especially in dynasty sometimes you don't have better options than these players. And that's completely understandable. Like for example, CMC, you probably do not have the luxury of sitting CMC if you are the manager of CMC. But all I'm saying is he is coming in as the RB5 on the Fantasy Pros Expert Consensus rank. He is a little bit beat up. Like we already touched on it there. He's got some knee irritation, whatever that means. They're playing the Dolphins this week, which isn't a horrible matchup. It's not a juicy matchup. Um, But my big concern, I'll be honest with you, is... I just think Kyle Shanahan is going to like galaxy brain this game and he's going to somehow like mess it all up for himself because he's just going to want to prove everyone's loving Mike McDaniel. Everyone's just thinking Mike McDaniel is so awesome and look what he's doing in Miami. And I just feel like Kyle Shanahan is going to be so desperate to like beat Mike McDaniel and prove that he is the genius that he's going to like try and make it a Juwan Jennings game. And he's going to give him like 64 targets and like have CMC out blocking with George Kittle or something stupid. I don't know. But no, my point is like, I'm just a little bit concerned with his knee irritation with him getting up with the way they've been rotating people in and out anyways um trying to protect you know obviously they're looking at they've got an amazing defense at the minute they look to be really solid all around i think He's obviously going to be worried. Elijah Mitchell just went down. I think they're going to be looking at the long term here and they're really going to want to make sure and be as healthy as possible for the playoffs. So I, I just would be a little bit concerned about CMC this week. I wouldn't be expecting sort of a blow up massive game from him. Um, if you have other options, um, to get a little bit riskier elsewhere in your lineup, maybe just to shoot for some more ceiling, that's what be, that would be sort of my thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have talked busts. We're also going to talk studs. So studs are us is sort of. A look at some low-end flex considerations, some guys that you're sort of hemming and hawing about. Do I throw them in? Do I not? Was last week a fluke? Should I trust them in my lineup? My pick last week for Studs RS was Keenan Allen. He was wide receiver 21 on the week, 15.9 PPR points. So I think he was a solid flex play if you were throwing him in, you know, as like a wide receiver three or a flex option. I think he certainly didn't let you down. Um, but again, guess first. And I'm sure this has nothing to do with your Jets bias. But who is your Studs RS pick of the week, Rich?
1: So I feel like I've been on your show, I think this is the third time, and every time I've hyped up Jets players. So I apologize about that. But, um, this is basically I, I I do fantasy pros expert rankings and and this was the guy that I was higher than consensus on across every player of ranked. So I was like, I've kind of got to talk about him this week. Um, it's Garrett Wilson. Um, I am so excited to see Garrett Wilson play on Sunday. Uh, so he's playing against your beloved Minnesota Vikings who, uh, I don't know what's going on with the secondary, but I feel like I could uh, I could kid up, bring back the old days and probably do just as good a job because uh, it's been somewhat of a sieve back there. Uh, the, the guy is the clear number one. Um, we've obviously seen with Mike White coming in, he's going to get that ball out quicker. He's going to be a massive improvement in terms of the overall offence in terms of what Zach Wilson was doing. Uh, Garrett Wilson is, is running 95% of routes um, over the past four weeks. He is the clear number one in this offence and this offence passing game is going to run through him as I said the Vikings are 32nd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receiver position so I am so excited Garrett Wilson is a top 8 wide receiver for me this week Whoa, whoa, whoa. So I don't appreciate your tone either. You can pump that back a little bit.
0: Whoa. <laughs> Sorry, I had to drop that on you again. You, you just can't come on the show and be throwing shade at the Vikings like that, man. What are you thinking here? Come on. Come on. This is friendly fire. Can't be doing that. Um, I, I, You know what actually adds insult to injury for me? Is the fact that we literally had Jameson williams and christian watson in our hands and we like decided to trade away um both of those picks to look quote unquote like bolster our defense you know get guys like lewis scene and you know guys that um really our defense i know i know there's been injuries i get that i appreciate that but like yeah our defense has sucked our our secondary has sucked and our strength of our team is our offense like justin jefferson probably the best wide receiver in the league in my opinion i'm a vikings fan take that for what you will um but you know what i mean like dalvin cook is a good running back you know we needed man i would be so excited right now if we had either Jameson williams or christian watson to pair with justin jefferson moving forward i would love that so yes it if it makes me very sad but i love i love the call because i love garrett wilson he was my wide receiver one in this class he's been absolutely awesome um to be fair You know, Chris Olave has been even more impressive than him probably over, uh, you know, just on this season, but I love Garrett Wilson. So I absolutely love that call. I am going a little bit deeper. Um, I'm going to go with Zay Jones and he's wide receiver 36 on the fantasy pros expert consensus ranking at the minute. But just so you don't think I'm simply chasing last week's points because he did have a monster week last week. I believe he's like a top five wide receiver in PPR leagues last week. I'm just pointing out the fact a couple of things here to think about. It's a 51 and a half point over under this game. It is juicy. I love it. So that should be plenty of fantasy goodness to go around. Now, in the last three weeks for the Jags in week 10, Zay Jones had 10 targets. Week 11 was their bye week. Then they come off the bye week. And in week 12, last week, he had 14 targets. Clearly an important dude in the offense. Etienne, we've talked about, he probably is going to try and play, but he's most likely not going to be full strength. So again, you know, hasty looked great last week, but he's hasty. He's Demichael hasty. He's not like, you know, he's not Saquon Barkley or anything like that. I think they're going to need to pass the ball. Detroit has shown that they can score. Detroit gives up the second most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. I feel like especially if a, as a flex play, I feel like Zay Jones gives you a lot of upside this week because I think it could be a really nice scoring game. But we're going to touch on Let's Ride or Let's Hide, the new segment for the season in honor of Russell Hatchetman Wilson. We're going to talk about two matchups that we're excited about or that we're afraid of. So we're going to either Let's Ride and just go all guns blazing or we're going to Let's Hide and run away from this matchup. And the reason being is, we want to talk to you guys about game theory how we attack games how we attack our lineups maybe our dfs and things like that but especially our dynasty lineups what we think about and the thought processes that going on, on in our heads such as they are well i'll speak for myself anyways um but yeah with Rich obviously being a genius, I'm going to throw to him first of all. Who's your let's ride? Like I let's talk about good news. Who who are you excited about? Which which matchup are you just salivating thinking about this weekend? It's a beautiful segue because
1: I'm going to build off uh off your guy that you've just been hyping up there in say Jones and it's it's the Jacksonville Detroit matchup. It is it's nice. very sexy. Um both defenses are pretty awful and I think we're going to see a lot of points scored. You know, could could we see Jameson Williams play? Could we see both offences in, in somewhat of a track meet? I am really excited because I think this is the coming out party for Trevor Lawrence. And I really think that the hype we saw four or five weeks ago when Justin Fields had that 40 point game. That's not me saying Trevor Lawrence is going to put up 40 points, but I think that. Trevor Lawrence has been- I think that is I think he just <laughs> said using he
0: you heard it here folks rich says he promises a 40 point game for Trevor Lawrence. I
1: think some of the throws that Trevor Lawrence has been making consistently over the past five six weeks now he's not the kind of guy that's going to make the rolling left throw it across his body with a weird arm angle whilst looking in a completely opposite direction that gets played on sports center and he's a highlight play but he's consistently making NFL throws that are better than 95% of players in the league. His, he threw a corner route to Zay Jones on Sunday. That was one of the best looking passes I have ever seen. He dropped it inch perfectly over Marcus Peters. who was playing in the flat and dropping with the the corner just in front of the safety. It was incredible. Just, just in from the sideline his ability to throw the ball in the kind of 15 to 20 yard range. And I'm so excited to see this kind of guy who's, who's been so hyped and people are starting to fall out of love on, on a big stage, put up huge amounts of points. And I think that Detroit, you know, we know that they can, they can, uh, come to the party and put up the points as well. So yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about Jacksonville, Detroit.
0: Yeah. I I love that call. I actually thought about having them, you know, as my um, let's ride matchup. And I'm glad you pointed out there because actually on the weekly uh recap episode this week, I, I specifically, when I talked about the Jags, I pulled out Trevor Lawrence and I said, look, dude is balling out. Like he's not getting the respect and he's not getting the wow factor which i find so strange i don't understand this because normally in dynasty what we do is we tend to have take lock on a on a draft evaluation of a player and we hold on to that for too long like i mean look at how many players how many people have just like been in love with Paris Campbell for years you know what I mean (laughs) like even though he's multiple years disappointed us and like let us down like he's been good this year but you know what I mean like for two or three years people are just still hoping and hyping up the player but for some reason with Trevor Lawrence we were all like yeah he's the second coming of Andrew Luck he's gonna be amazing he had a pretty rough rookie year which was really understandable when you looked at the circumstances and we've all basically just forgot about him like he's he's been awesome i I actually talked about on the recap if you look at the last four or five weeks um specifically last week's eight to twelve um he's in the top eight or top ten in every major like category on pff like for the whole like for all the quarterbacks as far as of offensive grade, passing grade, big time throws, um, NFL passer rating. Like he's literally been lighting it up. He's not a flashy. I think you nailed it. You're saying he's not a flashy. He's not like a Justin Herbert who's gonna step back and launch at 75 yards off in of his back foot, you know, and like absolutely just blow your mind. But man, he can slice and dice the defenses. He's getting a lot more confident and he's not even working with like top tier options you know what i mean like if he gets an absolute stud in the draft or when calvin ridley's back next year man it could be absolutely lights out for trevor lawrence so i love that call well played sir my let's ride is actually the chargers and raiders now it is a divisional game. Um, it could be a bit weird, but I'm going to go with the 50 and a half point over under that Vegas has thrown on it. The Chargers are 28th against the run, so they're allowing 151.4 yards per game against the run. So I know Jacob's been beat up, but man, he absolutely was a god among men last week. So if he suits up, it should be wheels up for him. Um, the Chargers are also 15th in passing DVOA, so they're not like a scary defense to pass against either. The Raiders themselves give up the sixth most fantasy points to the running backs and the third most receptions. So Austin Eckler, who had, what, 15 targets last week, he is going to have an absolutely insane game. And the Raiders are 26th against the pass, giving up 253 yards per game. Herbert has been playing a lot better last couple of weeks. He's starting to get his healthy receiving core in place. I am excited about what this game could be. So I'm hoping for some fireworks in the AFC West. What about Let's Hide? So who's your matchup you're trying to avoid at all costs
1: so uh it's going to be green bay chicago i think that both teams are are looking towards next year i think that basically anybody who's competent on offense seems to either be out or injured in terms of we've Mm -hmm. potentially got no aaron Rodgers. we've got potentially no justin fields donald mooney's done for the season aaron jones is banged up i you know romeo dobbs is out and it, it just feels like this matchup could be an absolute tire fire. Uh, I think both teams are probably going to end up running the ball a lot. I think it's going to be quite a quick game in terms of total number of of plays, and because I think that clock's going to keep running, I think that's going to keep the over under low. And as soon as the over under low, you know, is it's less points for for fancy, and I think that for me, unless Aaron Rodgers and Justin Fields are suddenly fully healthy, and uh, which I don't think either of them are going to be. I'm probably just avoiding this matchup altogether.
0: Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. That makes a lot of sense. It is very sad. I love Justin Fields. (laughs) I have several shares of Justin Fields. And I love Darnell Mooney. So it is sad, but it is true. My let's hide is actually Denver against Baltimore. Now, it is only a 38.5 over under. That's not great. Broncos are only averaging 14.3 points per game uh, as a team. That is truly horrific. Uh, Baltimore is ninth in defensive DVOA, but top 10 in almost every DVOA category defensively. So a team that already struggles to move the ball, um, Going up against an actual good defense now. I'm not excited about Latavius Murray. I'm not excited about any of the passing options. I'm not excited about Russell Wilson. Um, Baltimore gives up the second fewest yards per game on the ground. So that's, again, just pouring fire, pouring water on any sort of excitement that you may have for Latavius Murray. Again, don't get me wrong, you might be in a situation where you have to start them, but. I'm certainly not trying to force players into my lineup and on the on the Ravens side I mean you're going to play Lamar you're going to play Mark Andrews you always are going to play them but it's been a complete carousel outside of that you know trying to find a, a usable fantasy option for Baltimore outside of Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson's been very difficult you know Demarcus Robinson literally like a wide receiver two on the week two weeks ago and then gets one reception for 17 yards last week so you know Devin Duvernay was lighting it up at the start of the year uh, Isaiah Likely came in Josh Oliver last week you know you just don't know Kenyon Drake was balling out a couple of weeks and then he gets like two carries last week and Gus Edwards it's just it's really hard to know who is the guy that you can trust there um out Side of Lamar and Mark Andrews for me personally. So I think that kind of wraps up our matchups there, but we are going to talk trades because I do love talking trades, and Rich always has a good trade or two up his sleeve. <laughs> let's make a deal Sold your ways i've already hyped you up there rich what trade do you have for us this week who did you manage to swindle someone out of
1: so uh so this was a sell uh i'm i'm i'd say i'm a fringe playoff contender i think i'm fifth currently in standings about about the same in terms of points for max points for um but i managed to sell kenneth walker for a 23 first a 23 third a 24 first, a 24 second and a 24 third.
0: Ooh, that is, oh man, that is nice. That is noise. I love it. I mean, and this is the thing, like I always say, um, you know, with running backs, honestly, give me a good enough offer and I'll sell any running back at any time, pretty much in dynasty. Like people thought I was crazy last year. I had a couple shares of Jonathan Taylor and I sold kind of high on Jonathan Taylor last year when he was balling out and I was like, you're stupid. You're crazy. Why are you doing that? And it's like, well look now, you know, even Jonathan Taylor, he hit such a dip that even now that he's had a couple of decent games, you're still not going to get anywhere near right now what you could have got for him last offseason. Like last summer, you were getting three firsts more for Jonathan Taylor. Everyone was taking him and like people were taking him like 101, 102 in super flex leagues. You know what I mean? Like, which is insane to me. But um, yeah, I love that. I love that trade. And, you know, especially you, you got him for what? A single... 2022 first so now you just like triple quadrupled your you know roi on that which you love to see it you love to see it so i mean i don't really feel like there's any sort of negatives on that i don't think i can pick that apart or anything i mean (laughs) the only thing i can even try and say would be maybe it would have been nice to get like a young prospect and then picks instead of just all pure picks. I personally always try to do that if possible, get like a player I like or a player that hasn't broke out yet and a couple picks rather than just pure picks. Cause at the end of the day, they are just, you know, d- dart throws with varying degrees of, of hit ability for lack of a better term. But, those are just going to increase in value over the next couple of months, over the next couple of years. Those 24s, you lock them away by this time next year, it'll be, they'll be worth gold. You know, people are already starting to hype up the 24 class saying it could be even better than 23, you know? So it is what it is, man. Like in dynasty, anytime you can get those future first, it's always a good time. Um, my trade isn't as big as yours. is not as exciting, but kind of talking about how I tend to be fairly aggressive whenever possible, like within reason, I'm not stupid. Like I don't like to just give away all my draft cable for no reason if i'm like middle of the pack but in this team it was a 10 team superflex tight end premium league um i was doing pretty well but i really was struggling at tight end darren waller was my main tight end he's been pretty much useless this year and then he was on ir and stuff so i ended up giving up darren waller and a 23 second and to be fair i think i give up like a 24 fourth or something but it's kind of not worth anything really um and then i got tj hawkinson back so the reason being for me was i just needed some tight end production i do actually really like hawkinson now in this setup with the vikings he's getting a lot of targets he's getting a lot of valuable looks and they've obviously traded for him for a reason i you know he's i believe tight end three on the year he looks like he's going to be a solid contributor for me down the line and i don't feel like I'm, I'm sad about Waller because I love Waller, but man, with his injuries all again this year and then just not knowing what this Raiders offense is going to look like, I feel like it was a solid trade for me just giving up a 23 second really um, to get a, a guy that, I feel more confident about and is younger and stuff for my squad. But what are your thoughts on that, Rich? I don't know where you stand with either of these players. Really? I'm not sure if you're a big, massive Waller guy or Hawkinson, or you don't care about either.
1: I, I I like Hawkinson. I think he's a decent, decent option. I think he's a decent, um, guy to go and get I'm, you know, we all, we all want those top two, um, at the moment. But I think that outside of that, you know, it's, it's that next tier of him, Goddard and, and Schultz and, and basically no one else I'm interested in, quite frankly. um, I love the move of getting off Darren Waller right now. I think that I think he's already plummeted in terms of his dynasty value, but I think it's only going to go one way. You said you're not sure what's going to happen with the the raiders' offense next year. I don't know if he's going to be a raider next year. I think that the way they've got that offense structured in terms of contracts, I don't think Derek Carr's going to be a raider next year. I think he's either going to be released or he's going to be traded. Devonte Adams, Hunter Renfro can both be both be cut or traded for basically no dead cap hit. Darren Waller can be cut or traded for no dead cap hit, and Josh Jacobs is a free agent. So, I don't want any piece of that Raiders offense right now at cost. And I think that if you can pivot from a guy like Darren Waller to you know only add a second to go in and get Hogginson, I think that is an absolute smash, hundred times out of hundred.
0: So you are expecting like a sort of. Uh a rebuild with no draft capital then basically for the Raiders.
1: Well, I don't, it's, I don't think, cause let's be honest, the raid. nobody knows what the hell the Raiders are going to do. Yeah. Okay? They, they are a weird, they are a weird franchise. They're a
0: law under themselves.
1: But I just think that it is, I think that any head coach and any GM in my eyes basically gets one quarterback pick in terms of they get to throw their kind of Regime behind a quarterback, and unless they do a really good job, they live or die by that quarterback. Josh McDaniels has come in the way the Derek Carr contract is structured. He got an extension in the offseason, but he basically didn't get any guaranteed money added on. He got a load of fake money and base salaries added. If the Raiders commit to Derek Carr beyond this year, that is Josh McDaniels basically saying, I'm putting my future as an NFL head coach on Derek Carr. Whereas I don't know if he's going to do that because I think that if he doesn't succeed next year, he's done. He's never going to be a head coach ever again. So I wonder if the way those contracts are all structured, they almost hit a soft rebuild. You know, they could probably get, let's be honest, if they were to put Derek Carr on the trade market tomorrow, they're getting at least a first. They can probably do the same for Devontae Adams. I wouldn't be shocked if they could get, you know, maybe a, a fourth or a third for someone like Darren Waller, they could rebuild quite quickly with a lot of that draft capital. And, um, I, I don't know that that's going to happen, but I think that offense is going to look very differently. And I wouldn't, I don't think they're necessarily going to sell all of those pieces, but I think I'd be shocked if all four of those or all, all five of those offensive pieces are back in, in Las Vegas next year.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to see, man, because they're clearly not quote unquote tanking. You know, they went and took the game two overtime one last week there as it stands at the minute, they'd be picking ninth, which is kind of out of the range without like some good draft capital in the, in the war chest there to move up. It's kind of outside the range of probably the top two quarterbacks mm-hmm. um, for that class. So then you're sort of wondering where would they go at quarterback? You know what I mean? Because there's a lack of good quarterbacks at the minute. Really? If you think about it, I mean, there's really what six or seven difference maker quarterbacks in the league. And then there's a bunch of just average. And then a lot of below average, (laughs) like I really think, I mean, you look across the league and there's so many, yes, by all means, Derek Carr's not been lighting it up or, or blowing people's minds away. But at the same time, like where are they going to pivot to if they don't, if they can't afford to draft one of the studs, which there's only really, as far as I'm aware at the minute two, you know, real quote unquote studs. There's guys that have, options or or you know you could take a punt on but there's no you know oh man this guy is generational you know like i think i
1: I agree with you i think there's two you know there's young and stroud that we're all excited about they're going to be good i've been watching some will will levis will will levis tape and i think that he's going to be the kind of guy that nfl evaluators are going to absolutely fall in love with i can't make up my mind he has got every tool but you watch you watch one throw and he's he's like a rorschach test You can see whatever you want when you watch him. You could watch watch him play and he's like, this guy is Patrick Mahomes. He does everything. He ticks every single box. And then you watch the next play and can't complete a five-yard pass. Um, I think that the NFL, because he's got the build, he's got the arm strength, he's got those physical tools, I really think the NFL are going to fall in love with him. And I think he's probably going to be a a top six, seven, maybe even top three pick come, uh, come April.
0: Whoa. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> that is, that is lofty indeed. Like I, I just, he seems too risky to me. And again, I haven't really dived into his tape. That's just a little bit of looking at it and kind of just watching the narratives around him and kind of the stats and stuff. And just like, that feels like a very risky, oh, you know, like a Zach Wilson, sort of a risk, 100%, like could majorly wrong. blow up in your face. You know,
1: I don't get me wrong. I wouldn't take him there. I don't think he's that good. I'm, you know, I've, I've I'm only early in my evaluation, but, I, I don't think I'd be spending from a dynasty perspective probably a first round pick on him, but I just can you know the way the NFL time and tem again fall in love with these big bodied, big armed guys and I can start painting the picture of him becoming Josh Allen. Um, I think that he's gonna he's gonna climb boards come come April May.
0: Love it. Can't wait to dig into the the the, the picks this off season. It's gonna be a lot of fun. It's a lot of changing pieces in the landscape, I think. So gonna hit one last final little segment here. See if we can trick trick Rich before we go. Word of the week. Now, this is going to be tricky because yes, we have our own little slang and our own little terms over here in Northern Ireland, but you know, it is part of the UK. It is very close. He's in England. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to trick him on this one, but we'll try our best. So if you haven't been listening lately, I forgive you, Rich, but the way this segment works, word of the week, I'm going to give you a word of Northern Irish slang and I want you to try and tell me what you think it means and try and use it in a sentence if possible. I've got a couple here just in case I can't really fool you. So the first one we're going to go for, you ready for this?
1: I'm hyped. So I've been looking forward to this.
0: Okay. So again, I, this could be words that you guys already use, so it could be completely waste of time, but we'll see how it goes. So the first one is bogin.
1: No, I have no idea. Um like is is we we use we use noggin. So is that is is it head? Is that as in on on your noggin?
0: Nope. I shouldn't have said anything but no it's not but like so you so i've ruined my own game here no it is not head i give you that one for free but try and think what do you think boggin could mean and could you use it in a sentence like imagine you're trying to use the word boggin in a sentence okay
1: so if it's if it's not as in head uh is, could it be like a bit like boggled so you're you're bogging my mind so like you've you've confused me like you're, you're blowing my mind kind of thing
0: so how would you use it in a sentence like try and use it in a sentence like talk to me about something so,
1: uh so you 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 throwing that stats at me as as maybe as bogging my mind.
0: <laughs> no, so for us, so bogging is like the way we would say that's disgusting. Like that is pure bogging. Like that is stinking. Like that is gross. Like the bog being like the toilet. So we'd be like, <laughs> that is pure bogging. Like that is nasty. So like if you come in. And you've been out and playing, uh, football with your mates and your boots are all muddy and stuff. And you walk in the house like, oh, you know, take off those boots. They're bogging, you know, like you're absolutely stinking. Um, so that is, I managed to fool you on the first. I was, did not expect that, but there you go. Rich, you've been a beautiful, amazing guest as always. Guys, if you don't already, make sure and go. If you're on the Twitter bot, go follow rich at dynasty island. Check out his work over at DLF. Check out his podcast. Hit him up. Great dude. He has a Patreon that is very affordable and has a lot of great information, some trade calculators, lots of stuff going on. Anything else you want to shout out, plug, let us know about before we go, Rich?
1: No, you've got me all covered. Thank you very much for having me on. It's been, uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you very much.
0: Absolutely. Anytime. Great friend of the show. Great friend of mine. Love to see it. Love to hear it. Guys, be a friend, tell a friend, make sure and subscribe, get those rating from reviews in. It helps the show. We appreciate it a lot. And we will speak to you again next week. I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver. Nah, I couldn't be mean. My fifth wide receiver and it's only round seven Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven Now forget what he said, and listen to me What you really wanna do is stack those RBs You can be Linda, just let me be frank Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank One says it's awful, the other says it's great It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate